the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues, here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he, you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters Good morning, Twin Cities. Uh, And you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is your last chance. I'll be heading out to the Twin Cities tomorrow, which is Wednesday. We will start a class for Team 233 on Thursday. I think we're at seven people. I still got three spots. I guarantee you, those of you in class on Thursday night, your life will be totally different on Saturday. I guarantee you. If not... Stand up publicly at graduation and tell me so, and I'll give you back every single little penny you paid me. I've been doing this for 30 years, ladies and gentlemen. It's impossible. Go to likeitmatters.net. Don't miss the opportunity to start fresh. Don't miss the opportunity for a brand-new marriage or a brand-new parental relationship or a brand-new hope, a brand-new vision. And today on Like It Matters Radio, I want to talk about the wars. Anybody notice all the battles going on around us? Boy, there are battles everywhere. There seems to be battles going on here, battles going on there, right? I mean, we all know there are wars in Ukraine, but they're not just wars in Ukraine. There are wars in Syria, uh, in Iraq, Iran. Uh, there's wars in Yemen. You know, the Oscars, right? We saw that. Well, we didn't see the Oscars. We heard about the Oscars. Nobody watches the Oscars anymore except the, the left uh, snob elite, if you will. So at the Oscar, there are battles between which privileged black man was a victim and which was a persecutor. There are battles between the sexes and between the preferences. There are battles between the red team and the blue team. There are battles in our grocery stores and our gas stations and our cities. I mean, Minneapolis, Twin Cities, you know all about these battles. I'll just say one word, George, right? Right? George Floyd, right? You got what I'm talking about? We battle the ballot box. We battle between the old self and the new self. And with so much war being waged, we might overlook the base of the battles. And might I suggest to you the base of our battles is not skin color. Uh, it's not money. Uh, it's not uh, nationality. Uh, it's not political affiliation. See, all those things come from the real battle, the real enemy, the real fount tin or foundation, whatever you want to call it, right? The real battles are belief systems. Let's be honest. That's the real battle. You know, I got this uh, poem. I actually did it for a story time, a yesterday story time. You know, I also have a, bi-month, a bi-weekly podcast called Living Life Like It Matters, 
wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to it. And it uh, comes out Monday and Thursday. Monday is what's called Story Time with Mr. Black, a little story with a, a moral, you know, Aesop's fables, a little Goa, if you will. Uh, and then Thursday is a full episode, like a, similar to a radio show. And so when I was looking for something, I come across this little poem. It's anonymous. But it says, when God had made the earth and sky, the flowers and the trees, he then made all the animals, the fish, the birds, and bees. And when at last he finished, not one was quite the same. God said, I'll walk this earth of mine and give each one a name. And so he traveled far and wide, and everywhere he went, a little creature followed him until his strength was spent. When all were named upon the earth and in the sky and sea, the little creature said, Dear Lord, there's not one left for me. Now, there's one more stanza coming after this poem, the very last stanza. But can I suggest, here's a battle. See, that poem, when I read up until now, there's a gap between that poem and the last stanza, which finishes the poem. But can I suggest that most people, that's where their battle is. The battle is with people who feel like they don't belong, who feel like they don't fit in, who've never been supported, who aren't black enough, who aren't liberal enough, who aren't progressive enough, who aren't smart enough to do battle with people like that, who aren't maybe even uh, doesn't, don't have the education enough or the intelligence enough. Because remember, we're, out t- uh, we're intelligent 10 different ways. See, the last stanza of this poem is this. Kindly the father said to him, I've left you to the end. I've turned my name back to front and call you dog, my friend. You know, man's best friend, right? His dog, right? And so here is a beautiful poem that ends beautifully. But I might suggest that the battle for most people is their poem ends one stanza short, that they're not enough. They're not good enough, they're not rich enough, they're not educated enough, they're not pretty enough, uh, they're not gifted enough, they're not endowed enough, they're not this enough. And ladies and gentlemen, I've walked intimately with over 10,000 people, uh, what you would call a friend, a brother, a sister, somewhere between ten and 15,000, I don't like to lie, so I don't know where that number is, but I can say without a doubt, it's somewhere between ten and 15,000 people. And I know the battle. See, my problem and my gifting is what's called vision. Vision's the ability to see into the future. And anybody with vision can see that America is on a train wreck right in front of us. That there is a sign that says bridge out and America is going 100 miles an hour downhill towards that sign with no brakes. See, you're closer than you think, which is the scary part. In 1952, a woman named Florence Chadwick decided to attempt the 26-mile swim between the California coastline and Catalina Island. During her swim, Chadwick traveled with a team whose job it was to keep an eye out for sharks and be prepared to assist in the event of unexpected cramps, injury, fatigue, you know, just bodily problems. Roughly 15 hours into her swim, a thick fog began to set in clouding Chadwick's vision and confidence. Her mother happened to be in one of the boats at the time of Chadwick, as Chadwick relayed to her team that she didn't think she could finish the swim. She swam for another hour before deciding to call it quits. As she sat in the teetering boat, she discovered she was almost there. If she just continued on for one more mile, she would have been finished. She would have reached the Catalina Island. 
See, ladies and gentlemen, we are, get like that. Things are hazy right now. Things are confusing. Things don't make sense. Uh, for those of us that are my age, 56 years old, I grew up loving my country, and now I, I don't identify. I can't even identify my country. Uh, we're only America by name, right? We don't have freedom press. We don't have free uh, religion anymore. We don't have free elections. Uh, we can't criticize our government anymore. We get arrested. Uh, we get kicked out. We get prosecuted. Now look what they're doing to Trump. See, so it's kind of foggy. And we don't know where the enemy is, who the enemy is. We're circling up the wagons. We're social distancing. We're keeping masks on so no one can see who we are. We can't see facial expressions. You don't see it. We've got to stop, clear the fog. And if we can paddle through a little fog, we'll discover that haze eventually gives way to a sense of clarity and self-belief. What's important to remember is the fog never stays away for long. Like, like doubt, it comes and goes. It's density varying like the seasons. By the way, this woman, Miss Chadwick, two months after her failed attempt, she swam once more. Once again, a thick fog set in. But this time, she had a vision. But this time, she had a mental image of the shoreline in her mind. This time, her belief system was totally different because she'd given up once. She knew the disappointment. Her belief system had been adapted. And so not only did she push through that fear and that fog, she succeeded. Chadwick ended up making the swim an additional two times after that. And by the way, she also became the first woman to swim the English Channel in both directions. And by the way, she did so in record time. Again, the chaos that's going on right now, all the wars, all the battles, all the confusion, all the uh, incognito, because I don't know what country we become, all that can be pushed through. But first, you've got to understand what's going on. See, unless you know what's going on, you'll never create a vision to move beyond it. But once you got that vision, you can move beyond the confusion. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. Today, we're going to talk about the real battle. And the real battle is the battle for belief. I'm Black. We'll be right back. If today were your last day on the planet, did you say you've been the person you were put here to be? As a business professional, do you feel that you have the difference that it takes to make a difference? You're invited to reignite your passion at Like It Matters Leadership Awakening with Mr. Scott Black. 48 hours that will transform you. March 31st through April 2nd in Minneapolis. Everything you have ever read, believed, or thought about leadership will come alive in this two-and-a-half-day intense journey. Mr. Black will help you discover the best possible you and how to not only reach but go beyond your potential. You're a leader or have a desire to lead, this course is a must for you. Class size is intentionally small and it fills quickly. Go to likeitmatters.net and see what others have experienced. Click on Schedule to register. Mr. Black's Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, March 31st through April 2nd in Minneapolis. Log on to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule. Likeitmatters.net. Soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis. Or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. 
Want a place where your child learns to form their own opinions, seek the truth, and see the world through God's prism? At Liberty Classical Academy, love of God and country is not controversial. They teach the foundational principles of Western civilization, including the U.S. Constitution. They're raising up the next generation of responsible citizens this country needs. Discover how your child can begin a life that inspires at the K-12 Open House on March 31st. Register today at libertyclassicalacademy.org. Whether you're preparing for a typical Sunday morning or a special holiday service, you'll find an array of helpful, creative tools from Worship House Media. From countdown timers to sermon illustrations, visit worshiphousemedia.com. That's worshiphousemedia.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. And I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, March 31st through April 2nd. That's likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, and my job is to get you battle-ready. Yep. Now, I didn't say battle-weary, because, ladies and gentlemen, it seems we're all a little bit uh, battle-weary. But uh, you need to be battle-ready. And please don't hear. I'm not talking about what some of you think January 6th was this insurrection. January 6th was not an insurrection. I mean, we have so many guns available. We have grenade launchers, all that. You don't think if there's an insurrection, people would have brought some weapons? I mean, come on, people. Uh, There's guns everywhere, remember? We got to control the guns because people are killing people. So there's lots of guns. So there's an insurrection, but people forgot to bring their heavy machinery, right? Do you see how stupid that is? But you know what it is, again? It's a belief. See, they're battling for the belief. Uh, You know, the deep state, the Democrats, the progressive, have you to believe that you have to believe that Republicans are evil, uh, that Donald Trump is a Russian spy. See, you got to get this is all about the belief. So this is not a political show. So stop it. What I'm saying is this is what's going on. We're pulling back the cover. And today I want to talk about all these wars because we are in a time of war. Again, I'm not talking about guns and knives. I'm talking about beliefs. There's a battle for beliefs. Why do you think they're working to get to our kids so young? Why do you think that bill in Florida, that the Democrats and the progressives are lying, calling it the don't say gay bill? You see, if they can put that on there, then all you oversensitive people will like, oh, my gosh, all, all conservatives hate gay people. No, no, we don't. 
Not at all. I don't believe that homosexuality is an unpardonable sin. I believe that blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is an unpardonable sin. I don't believe I need to get in the middle of your sins between you and God, and I don't want you in the middle of my sins between me and God. Last time I checked that we all fall short of the glory of God, that every single person is a sinner, that from one man, Adam, sin became part of our DNA, and by one man, Jesus, only then can we remove that blight from our DNA. There are wars everywhere, battles everywhere. And we see it, you know, Ukraine, Syria, Yemen. We saw the battle on Oscars. I mean, let's be honest. Will Smith and Chris Rock, two of the most privileged people in the world that happen to be black and men, have all the money in the world, can sleep with whoever they want, can go wherever they want. And look at the battle there. A battle between which privileged black man was a victim and which one was a persecutor. Battles between the sexes, right? Between the preferences, it's bad to be cisgender, it's good to be fluid, and LGBTQTRXDWXYZ, right? There are battles between the red team and the blue team, right? We want the other team to be hurt and we want to win. There's battles in our grocery stores, our gas stations, our cities, ballot boxes. We battle the old self and the new self. I mean, Paul, when the greatest Christians ever walk, right, to ever live, uh, talked about that battle, Right? Matter of fact, the last two days, I've been in the book of Galatians. Uh, and one thing I do daily is I send out my daily text, wayofwarrior.blog. And uh, I've been in uh, basically Galatians, which uh, is the Magna Carta, if you will, of the New Testament. Matter of fact, it, Galatians is considered a book of freedom uh, with a possibility of uh, exception of Romans, no other New uh, Testament epistle has had such a profound impact on the history of the church as Galatians. Matter of fact, I think it was Martin Luther that called it the uh, Magna Carta of the Christian life or whatever. And so it talks about uh, the, the battle, the battle between the old self and the new self, the old man and the new man, the battle between the flesh and the spirit, that the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing, right? The battle between uh, our flesh nature and our holy nature that when we connect to God, don't you see it? There's a battle all around us. A good friend of mine, Adrian Lyles, is part of the pool movement. And he battles the whole construct of racism. And man, I love Adrian Lyles in pool, P-U-L-L. It's P period, U period, L period, uh, uh, L period. And he ends most of his writings like this. He says, I have a dream that one day people will be judged by the content of their character rather than by the color of skin. There are many colors, cultures, heritage, and nationalities, yet still one human race. You know, in my leadership training, I teach a lot about emotional intelligence. You know why? Because of the battle. The battle between intellect and emotion, between the right side of the brain and the left side of the brain, between the head and the heart, the greatest gap in most people's lives. If you could see me now, I'd be pointing to the left side of my head, between your head, and then I'd go drop, drop my finger down to my heart and point to my heart. That's the greatest gap. It's the grand chasm in most people's life, from the head to the heart. And so when I deal with emotional intelligence, first, before I can even get into emotional intelligence, I got to meta backwards. So I'm a meta monster. When you meta something, you, you basically reverse engineer it. You go backwards. Like when I used to, every once in a while, I'd flip through and see the Jerry Springer show. I would sit there and say, man, what does this person need to believe? 
in order for them to go on the Jerry Springer show and say what, what a freak they are out loud because undoubtedly they think it's normal. If they realized they were a freak, they wouldn't be on the Jerry Springer show on national TV. So even though we look at them and say they're a freak, they think they're normal. They don't see anything wrong. Why? Because of the belief system, because of the way they were brought up. And so you always got to make it go backwards. And so it, before I can deal with emotional intelligence, I have to first deal with the battle between the head and the heart, between emotions and intellect. I mean, how many times does men, I'm 56 years old, grow up, uh, boys don't cry. Real men don't show emotion. And then that's the biggest farce. But that's the battle. And now we got, you know, we've attacked the masculine male. And so now uh, men are effeminate like, uh, you know, um, I don't want to say names. I guess I will. Like Barack Obama is a great example. Very effeminate male, you know, uh, where we don't have the testosterone anymore. And so I got to deal with emotion first so people aren't afraid of emotion and teach men that a real man has emotion. I cry almost on a daily basis. I weep at the foot of the cross regularly. I feel people's pain. And so I got to break down what an emotion is. And I always tell people, men specifically, look at the shortest verse in the English Bible. And it's simple. It's two words. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times I want to put my, right? I want to gather you together like a mother chick to her hands. He, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He wept in the garden. He wept at the tomb of Lazarus. He cried out. His soul was under death. Oh, my gosh. Jesus Christ was emotional, fully man and fully God. He was a very emotive creature. So emotion is intense feelings to give expression to. It's applying movement. See, i got to address this battle what people have in their belief system. Emotions are inherently neither positive nor negative. Rather, they serve as the single most powerful source of human energy, authenticity, and drive, can offer us a wellspring of intuitive wisdom. In fact, emotions provide us with vital and potentially profitable information every minute of the day. And this feedback from the heart, not the head, is what ignites creative genius. It keeps you honest with yourself. It shapes trusting relationships. It provides an inner compass for your life and career. And the key is it guides you to unexpected possibilities. Now, here's one of the big lies, and there's a lot of big lies. I'm going to deal with some of them today. Contrary to conventional thinking, emotions are rarely intrusions into our lives. They are actually intelligent, sensitive, beneficial, even wise. They are the primary source of motivation, information, personal power, innovation, influence. You see, in most cases, emotions are not at odds with good judgment and reasoning if you have emotional intelligence. Rather, they inspire, they enliven good judgment and reasoning, and they are linked to success and profitability. Think about this one statement, ladies and gentlemen. Everything important that happens to us arouses emotion. Emotions are the indispensable fuel that propels us to greatness. Now, emotions come from the heart. And do you realize, and this was when I did research 30 years ago, I'm sure it's actually a greater distance now, but when I was doing research on this 30 years ago, I remember reading that scientists can measure the heart's energy from five feet away, five feet away at that time. I bet you it's a lot farther than that because I experienced it in my classroom 30 feet away. See, our heart activates our deepest values. It radiates. It knows things our mind does not and cannot know. The heart is the place of courage, spirit, integrity, commitment, compassion, empathy, understanding, caring, and most of the other great leadership characteristics. It is a source of energy that causes us to learn, cooperate, lead, and serve. Now, let me explain to you what emotional intelligence is. I just explained to you what emotion is, 
Now let's identify what is emotional intelligence, EQ, emotional quotient. And by the way, uh, I've read that um, a fourth grade child's emotional intelligence, their emotional quotient, is a better barometer for success than their IQ. And look at what we're doing now. We are becoming emotionally bankrupt people. We're told that what to feel and when not to feel. We're told to shut off feelings, just to follow other people, follow the science that changes based on the political science. It's not science, it's political science. Emotional intelligence is the ability to sense, understand, and effectively apply the power and acumen of emotions as a source of human energy, information, connection, and influence. You see, it's not enough to have feelings. We all have feelings. Emotional intelligence requires that we learn to acknowledge and value these feelings in ourselves and others and that we appropriately respond to them. And there's your key word, appropriately. And that we effectively apply the information or energy in our daily life and work. I love this quote. Emotional intelligence emerges not from the musings of rarefied intellect, but from the workings of the human heart. It is emotional intelligence that motivates us to pursue our unique potential and purpose and activates our innermost values and aspirations, transforming them from things we think about to what we live. And I always quote Peter Senge at the time when this quote, he was director of organizational learning at MIT, very left brain organization. And he said this, quote, People with high levels of personal mastery cannot afford to choose between reason and intuition or the head and the heart any more than they would choose to walk on one leg or see with one eye. So ladies and gentlemen, we want to be emotionally involved, but we want to blend intelligent. And the way we have intelligence is we got to know what's going on. We got to have a vision. And we got to know important beliefs about who we are and why we're here and whose we are and where we're going. And that's why today we're talking about the greatest battle of all, the belief battle. I'm black and we'll be right back. We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. At Like It Matters, we craft tools and teach you how to use them. Mr. Black has a bevy of tools to help you build your life into your dream. One of those tools is individual life counseling. The best analogy is a life caddy, because sometimes you just need another set of eyes. A second tool, books by Mr. Black, always opening up your mind. Third, workshops, where we teach people how they work and how to function at a higher level. And don't forget the daily radio show, Like It Matters, at 11 a.m. on Freedom 1570. Nice job. That's it for today. Wrap it up. Contact Mr. Black at mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Building a better you today. Likeitmatters.net. Helping people live their lives like they matter. That's mr.black at likeitmatters.net. Discover the tools to build your relationships, your vision, and your life. We noticed we had a leak in our roof. Hey, I'm Brenda from Stillwater, Minnesota. We noticed some water staining in our ceiling by our chimney. This is our first time working with JTR Roofing. A close friend had recommended them and had a great experience. They ended up replacing our roof and performed the work on our chimney. I would recommend JTR Roofing because they were reliable, friendly, there were no hidden costs in their quotes, and the craftsmanship was outstanding. Not only do they do an outstanding job on our home, but also they support the community. They've had a good reputation in the 30 years that they've been in business. And just overall, it was just a wonderful experience working with the company. I was absolutely satisfied with the work. Absolutely. We're thinking about having our windows replaced and we will be calling JTR. 
go to jtrroofinginc.com. That's jtrroofinginc.com. If today were your last day on the planet, would you say you've been the person you were put here to be? As a business professional, do you feel that you have the difference that it takes to make a difference? You're invited to reignite your passion at Like It Matters Leadership Awakening with Mr. Scott Black. 48 hours that will transform you. March 31st through April 2nd in Minneapolis. Everything you have ever read, believed, or thought about leadership will come alive in this two-and-a-half-day intense journey. Mr. Black will help you discover the best possible you and how to not only reach but go beyond your potential. If you're a leader or have a desire to lead, this course is a must for you. Class size is intentionally small, and it fills quickly. Go to likeitmatters.net and see what others have experienced. Click on Schedule to register. Mr. Black's Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, March 31st through April 2nd in Minneapolis. Log on to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule. likeitmatters.net. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. Today, we're talking about all the wars going on. And I want you to know the war is not between skin color. Skin color is nothing more than a DNA marker. Uh, those that have a darker skin, uh, they have melanin. Those that have a lighter skin, they are melanin challenged. For those that have uh, almond-shaped eyes, it's a DNA marker. For those that have more round eyes, it's a DNA marker. Some you're going to get the style of your hair, whether it's a widow's peak or the wiriness of your hair or the hairiness of your hair, whether you have hair all over your body or hair on just certain parts of your body, those are all DNA markers. There's something like 3 billion genetic pairs that make us up who we are. You ready for this? 99.9% are all identical. We all come from the same God goo. 99.9. So if you take one-tenth of 1%, that's about 3 million pairs still, 3 million pairs. Uh, equate to all the difference we see. But there's only one race. And see, the belief system that you have to believe is that there's this lie that there's this race war. The war is a political science war. It's like when we say follow the science. It's not science. You guys are being played. It's not political. But you're being politically used for other people's gain. I talk about Adrian Lyles, who happens to have black skin. He's not melanin uh, challenged like I am. Adrian has the pool movement, P-U-L-L. Uh, he uh, is married to, now that matters, a woman who happens to be melanin challenged. And he's got two beautiful boys that are the apple of his eye. And so he writes all the time about the construct of race and how it's the ultimate war that the political process is used to alienate us, uh, to basically make black people continue to keep them slaves on the Democratic plat- plantation and then make other black people who ever, ever... F- just even venture off the plantation to become conservative. People like Clarence Thomas, who they call names, who they don't consider black uh, because they don't think like all black people are supposed to think. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that so racist? And yet the racists are out there calling us racist. So he wrote this article, Adrian Lyles, about boys to men and talking about the slap of Chris Rock. And I just want to hit a point of it. Uh, Adrian said, when I saw an extremely wealthy man slap a comedian over a joke about his wife's hair, my heart stopped. This man views himself as, quote, black and advocates for people who have been racialized as black in America. How did his actions help this cause? 
Those who seek to uphold the racialization of America must contend with this. When Zora Neale Hurston said that she couldn't afford to carry the weight of all the Negro people, this is what comes to mind. To glory is also to shame. Those who believe in race believe that all people in their respective categories are the same. You can't get more racist. This wealthy man has sent a signal to confirm the erroneous beliefs of many. The belief is that no matter how much money a racialized black man has, he will always be emotionally charged, irrational, violent, unstable, unpredictable, short-tempered, profane, hypersensitive, feeling victimized, and nothing more than a... Now, he used the N-word, but he spelled it out with dollar signs and a three and a little R. I wouldn't even uh, go there. Despite his apology... Societal connotations have already been deeper entrenched by this racial constructionist. One day we'll realize that this is how the script was written centuries ago to outline blackness. Do you hear the script? The script is called a belief system. Despite there being many men who see themselves as, quote, black, that do not exhibit this behavior, they will be swept into the narrative of which they have no control. The only way out of this whirlwind is to educate that race is a myth. This wealthy man speaks for himself. His actions create his own responsibilities to bear. There are no two people alike. Skin shade does not dictate character. We are uniquely designed with many colors, cultures, heritages, and nationalities, yet still one human race. Until we embrace our uniqueness, we will be conditioned to repeat the cycles shown by the leaders of this arbitrary racial classes. My boys will be men one day, and I am empowering them to be themselves. Do you understand what Adrian's doing? He's making sure that his boys have the correct belief system. You know, there's this great story called The Power of Optimism, and I got it. From, I get stories from all over. It's by David McNally from The Power of Optimism by Alan Lloyd McGinnis. But it talks about this gentleman, uh, Captain Gerald L. Coffey. And he gets shot down in Vietnam, and he's prisoner of war for years, years. And then he, this whole story is about his finally getting out and returning home. And I just want to read you two excerpts. Uh, in the story, it talks about coffee, talks about the long, long hours during which the prisoners played movies in their minds of going from room to room in their house back home. The camera taking in every detail. Over and over, they played scenes of what is going to be like when they get home. Coffee says it was his friends and his faith. Now think about it. What is faith? Faith is a bunch of BS. Yeah, that's what I said. Faith is a belief system. And God says it's impossible to please him without this belief system. You don't hear the battles for our beliefs? You don't think the devil from Genesis 3? Oh, surely God didn't say you would die. Didn't God say that you could have eat of anything in the tree? Except for that one he said. But, oh, yeah, he just doesn't want you to be like him. Don't you get See, Satan was originally attacking Eve's belief system, that God's not good, that God doesn't want the best for you, that God's withholding something from you, that God's not giving you the best of what he has. He's what, don't you see? The original war between good and evil, the original sin of man was not in the Garden of Eden. It was actually in the heavenlies. When Satan said his belief system was, I'm pretty hot, I deserve some glory, and I'm going to build my kingdom over yours. If you don't believe me, read Isaiah 14. Read Ezekiel 28. You'll see it. And then the second sin, man's original sin, was in the Garden of Eden, where the devil made man believe that God wasn't out for his best, that God was withholding, that God just wants to keep you from the good stuff in life, that God 
doesn't want you to be like him. And yet Genesis 1.26 clearly says that God made us in the God class. Let us make man in our image unto our likeness. That's us. We're in the God class. See, what Coffee was talking about was the belief system. Coffee said it was his friends and his faith that helped him through that terrible ordeal. Every Sunday, the senior officer in each cell block would pass a signal church call. Every man stood up in the cell if he was able. And then with a semblance of togetherness, they would recite, recite the 23rd Psalm. Thou prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And I want to bring it to the very end of this five-page story, because that's not what today's about, and just read the last two paragraphs. This is when he comes home now. So after his long-awaited reunion with his wife and children, Coffey and his family attended Mass the following Sunday. Afterwards, in response to the parish priest's welcome, here's what Coffey said. It summarizes as well as anything I know of the optimist code. See, optimism is a belief system. It's an attitude. It's a choice. Just like pessimism is. Just like skepticism is. All those are belief systems. They're choices. And here's Coffey's quote. Quote, Faith was really the key to my survival all those years. Faith in myself to simply pursue my duty to the best of my ability and ultimately return home with honor. Faith in my fellow man, starting with all of you here, knowing you would be looking out for my family. Faith in my comrades in those various cells and cell blocks in prison, men upon whom I depended and whom in return depended upon me sometimes desperately. Faith in my country, its institutions, and our national purpose and cause. And of course, faith in God truly. As all of you know, the foundation for it all. Our lives are a continuing journey. And we must learn and grow at every bend as we make our way, sometimes stumbling, but always moving toward the finest within us. Did you hear all that BS? Now, again, some of you, when I say BS, you hear beliefs, I mean, bull. Crap, I was just say that, BC. <laughs> but what I'm saying is belief system. It's a belief system. It's a belief system. Everything we do or do not do is driven by belief system. Dr. Adler, famous psychologist, said by the time a child is five years old, why do you think they want to get our kids so young? Why do you think this bill in Florida that I addressed earlier, that the Democrats want to call it the don't say gay bill? And you know what it says? That parents have no right, I mean teachers have no right to talk about homosexuality, transgender, LGBTQ, to kindergartners, to third grade. Now come on people. And so from that, they want you to believe the unintelligent, the uninformed, the emotionally hijacked, that this is an anti-gay bill. And because we know they want to stir you up emotionally, see, it's emotionally hijacked. Because you don't have emotional intelligence, because you're ready to go off on any tangent because you hate Trump, because you hate this, because you hate that, because you've been programmed to hate, because you're a good American, right? That's what's going on. I got a phone call yesterday from a large corporation, a mechanical corporation in Sacramento. They sent one of their guys through two years ago. They were referred by a company who sent all their people through my training, built their entire construction company over 15 years based on my training. 
And so I was talking to the CEO, and he said, man, we're struggling with morale. We're struggling with culture. And after we talked a little bit, we'll have a, when I got off the radio, I'll be on the phone with his executive board because we're going to send all their key people through our training, and we're going to recreate a culture there. But here's the problem, and we talked about it. There's a lot of people who are lost and confused. A lot of people like me feel, fear we've lost our country. This is not the America we grew up in. This is not America we signed up to defend in the military. This is not the America that in college I rallied behind the flag. This now, everything depends on race. If you're white, you're a criminal. If you're black, you're a victim. Do you see how that belief system plays out? And after the break, I'm going to show you how the implications of all of our beliefs. It It dictates how you treat your spouse. It dictates how you respond to your kid. It dictates what energy you get out of bed with or what energy you choose to stay in bed with. It all boils down to the great battle. And it's not in Afghanistan. It's not in Syria. It's not in Ukraine. It's in our beliefs. I am black. We'll be right back. Leadership Awakening impacts even the seasoned pros. Take a listen to these comments from Kevin, who recently attended Leadership Awakening. I've struggled with a lot of things. I've been in so many different trainings, followed Tony Robbins, John Maxwell, all these great self-development gurus, but I have never went through a training as difficult and as intense as that 48 hours that we went through. What we went through was absolutely amazing, and I'd love to share it with as many people as I could. I kept being told on how intense this training was going to be, that it was going to be difficult. I mean, I've walked on hot fire. I've broken arrows. I've walked on glass. I've done so many things. I thought, how hard could this be? Well, the number one thing that I gained from Leadership Awakening was another level of awareness. If you're ready to go to another level of awareness, go to likeitmatters.net and click on Schedule to register for the next Leadership Awakening class in Minneapolis, March 31st through April 2nd. That's likeitmatters.net. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to Freedom 1570 at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Over 50,000 police officers are assaulted each year, leading to injuries and death. They know that if someone doesn't lawfully comply or resists, force may have to be used to obtain compliance. Nobody likes it, especially police. Help police by not escalating. Don't attack or try to disarm an officer. Don't argue, resist, or flee. After the encounter has been resolved is the time to address any complaints. Comply now. Complain later. Keep everybody safe. This message brought to you by the National Police Association. Learn more at nationalpolice.org. Join the Freedom Insider Club today, and you can win a copy of our Regnery Book of the Month, The Rational Passover Haggadah, the latest in Dennis Prager's Rational Series. Register to win at freedom1570.com. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career. I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. 
you know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am black. And today we're talking about all the battle lines out there. But today I'm suggesting that the most important battle is the battle for our beliefs. Because everything we do or do not do is driven by belief. And let's be honest. When was the last time you actually unpacked your beliefs? I mean, you've been on a 20, 30, 40, 50, 60-year journey. Could you imagine if you went through Europe, and let's say you're on one of these tours, and you had a suitcase, and you would stop in each city for a day and a half, two, di- uh, two days, and you have like a 10-city thing, and you know each city, you unpack your stuff, and each city, you throw yourself back in, and by the time you're at the end of this two-week trip or, or 30-day trip, you know, you're going to have a lot of stuff in your luggage that you probably forgot about, that you're not aware of. Stuff you picked up along the way. And that's how our belief systems are. They're so important. And yet most people get emotionally hijacked. They get belief hijacked uh, because they don't think they're smart enough or because we all have the wall, the fear we all can't we all just get along. You know, we all want to be like that's a wall every single human being possesses. We uh, we give in. We turn the other cheek. We we give in to other people's belief system. Uh, you know, Jason Riley uh, happens to be uh, a, a man with melanin. That means he has blacker skin than I do. Uh, and he, uh, great guy, really love him. He uh, writes a lot about the construct of uh, belief systems in politics. And he said, despite rising crimes, Dems had little incentive to shift from white racism narrative. See, a narrative is a structured way of saying the same thing over and over uh, so that it creates a belief system. Uh, Just Google Joseph Goebbels, Google mass formation, uh, crowd hypnotism. I mean, this is all basic. It's all some of you don't want to believe it because it's easier not to believe. It's a choice of will. It said, quote, Democrats have little incentive to change their messaging on crime despite skyrocketing violence because they got a lot of mileage with rhetoric blaming white people for issues within the black community, according to Manhattan Institute senior fellow Jason Riley. It's about power, Jason said. And the Democratic Party gets a lot of mileage out of blaming problems in the black community on white people. And black activists, that's how they stay relevant. It's how they make money, by blaming the problems of blacks on whites. And so people like Disney and Facebook, they give them billions of dollars. It's blackmail. Uh, it's, uh, I hate to use a play on words, but it is. It's how politicians, liberal politicians, progressive politicians, that's how they get elected. They scare people to polls by blaming black problems on white people. Now, this is true. Uh, 20 years ago, there was a study at University of Washington and says that angry people uh, are more dependable at the voting poll. So we have an entire policy uh, in politics that the party's got to get you scared to death of the other person. Now, Democrats are way better at scaring people, way better. Remember, every two years they tell you there's a war on women? The Republicans are waging a war on women. Can I suggest you won't hear that this year? Because there's been a war on men for decades. It's been very effective. Good job, Satan. You did a great job. But the war on women, if there was one, is by the progressives, the Democrats. The woman of the year is a man who identifies as a woman who was given general status, force, a general status, who's not even in the military. Rachel Levine, right? She's woman of the year. And, of course, the NCAA swimmer of the year, 
uh, is a man. So you want to talk about a war on women, you might want to look at the Democratic Party to see where that's waged from. So Jason goes on to say the Democrats' rhetoric on race and policing has ushered in progressive policies that were implemented in such states such as New York over roughly the last two years. The defund the police movement, the Black Lives Matter billion dollar, I mean, they're basically stealing money uh, from people, billions of dollars to buy fancy stuff, new houses, but they're sure not going into communities. A recent opinion essay published in New York Times argued that these reforms, which were the- uh, theoretically intended to rectify the imbalance of black Americans who are arrested, convicted, and incarcerated, have backfired. So check this out. In New York City, skyrocketing crime. Murders are up 52%. Shootings up 104%. Car theft, 91%. And by the way, black New Yorkers were victims in 65% of murders and 74% of shootings. They were victims. And by the way... The persecutors, I think the figure, I couldn't find the figure, was somewhere around 80%. 80% are people of color committing the crimes and the victims, 65% of murders are black people, 74% of shootings are black people. So they're the ones doing it and the ones paying the price. Voters on the West Coast are sounding off on the same crime spikes in San Francisco and Los Angeles, blaming their liberal district attorney, progressive district attorneys. Jason Young, the father of a slain six-year-old boy, told Fox News in December to be a victim of a crime in San Francisco under this district attorney, it's a complete joke. Riley said that despite repeated polls showing black Americans want more police in the communities, Democrats and the media push a belief system that focuses on what Black Lives Matter activists want and what members of the Congressional Black Caucus say. There's a racial spoil system in place, he says. You can make a very good living blaming all of black people's problems on white racism. It's very lucrative. The crime spikes following the death of George Floyd in 2020 also follows a trend seen repeatedly in years. The police do pull back. They're less likely to get out of their cars and interact with the public, and violent crime spikes. We saw it in Ferguson after Michael Brown. We saw it in Baltimore after Freddie Gray. We saw it in Chicago after Laquan McDonald. So there's definitely a pattern, Riley said. But even when Democrats and the media are presented with data that interfere with their narrative, they choose the belief system over the data. Don't you hear it? Riley said there's a disconnect between the activists and elites who claim to speak on behalf of black communities and the black community themselves, which often stretches well beyond crime and policing issues to school choice issues, to inflation issues, to affirmative action, to tabletop issues. What I would hope is that the media would have a better job reaching out to the individuals who live in these neighborhoods and not simply keeping the NAACP on speed dial. I think there's a real disservice to the people in these communities who are being misrepresented. In other words, they're given a false belief. You got to realize what Dr. King says. See, Dr. King had vision. Dr. King knew this. And this is why Dr. King warned people. He said, but there is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold with Sleech in the palace of justice. In the process of gaining our rightful place, we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protest to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. 
The marvelous new militancy which has engulfed the Negro community must not lead us to a distrust of all white people. For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by the presence here today, have come to realize that their destiny is tied with our destiny. They have come to realize that their freedom is inextricably bound to our freedom. We cannot walk alone. And that's when he said this famous line, you cannot drive out darkness with darkness. Only light can do that. You cannot drive out hatred with hatred. Only love can do that. And I always like to finish this logical process. You cannot drive out racism with racism. Only understanding can do that. And you know where understanding comes from? It comes from our belief systems. See, Dr. King, his ultimate belief system was in the Bible, was in his Savior, Jesus Christ. Dr. King's dad was a Baptist minister. He was a Republican. He went to Germany to decide how, how did Martin Luther take on the Catholic Church, a peaceful protest that basically from it came Protestantism. And Dr. King's dad, Michael King Sr., was so blown away by the belief system of Martin Luther that he came back home and he unofficially changed his son's name. See, Martin Luther King Jr.'s name is not what is, that's not his birth certificate. Look at his birth certificate. MLK Jr.'s birth certificate shows him as Michael King Jr. Look it up. But Michael King Jr.'s dad, Michael King Sr., was a man of God. He loved Jesus more than he loved people of color. And the reason he loved people of color and people who are white is because he loved Jesus. See how the belief system's tied together? Jesus says, who is my mother? Who is my brother? But he who she who does the will of my father, that is my mother, that is my brother. Who are your people? Are your people the people who are on your blue team or red team? Are your people the people who have black skin like you or white skin like you? Are your people, who are your people? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. His people should be your people if you're one of his people. And ladies and gentlemen, it's all about BS. You've got to go to the, the source. What do you believe? Who are you? Why are you here? What's your purpose? If today was your last day on this planet, did it make one difference that you were given the gift of life? When your life comes to an end, how do you know if it was successful or not? If I went up to your person who knew you better than anybody else and had told them to give me five words to describe you, what would you want those five words to be? You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you when you live your life like it matters, it does. This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. For decades, NATO built a massive arsenal as a counterweight to Soviet and then Russian imperial aggression. Could just 1% of it actually defeat Vladimir Putin in a war? That's what Volodymyr Zelensky promised in an urgent request for support in his fight to free Ukraine from Russian conquest. Ukrainian forces have proved their mettle, not just by stalling Russian advances, but effectively counterattacking as well. A successful attack on a Russian resupply ship in Berdyansk last week could well threaten Russian positions around Mariupol, the city that has been battered by Russian artillery for weeks. Kiev remains unconquered too, despite two massive Russian thrusts to the capital. The Ukrainian military has not just stopped the Russians, but have begun to cut them off and grind them down. Zelensky is not asking Americans or other Westerners to die for Ukraine. 
He just wants the weapons that will allow Ukrainians to once again live in peace in their own sovereign land. That's worth the 1% investment. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.